Welcome to Jubal Hub, your helping hand in property management education. We are so thankful that you have joined us. And please remember to follow and like us on your favorite social media outlet, which you can find in our show notes. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Juvo Hub podcast, your helping hand in property management education. I am super duper awesomely happy to have with us today, Rebecca Stevenson, the HR Services Consulting Director from Higginbotham. She is bringing to the table today an important topic, one that uh, depending on where you are at, your position in the company can be one that maybe causes jitters a little bit, and that's performance management. But we've got Rebecca here today. She's a trainer on this topic. She's an industry expert on this topic. So we're looking forward to hearing her feedback. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing your tips and best practices because performance management, nothing new. That is uh, something that has been built into corporate culture, company culture for many, many, many years now. It's gone through its peaks and its valleys as technology has come into play, but the fundamentals are still sometimes hard for us to grasp. But maybe we can start off with you giving us an understanding of the difference between uh, a performance appraisal and performance management. Absolutely. And, and you're correct. This has been around for many, many years. In fact, performance management started in the late 1800s, early 1900s, but at that time, it was more of production management. So in a, in a manufacturing setting, a person who could create 100 widgets versus someone who could create 90 widgets, that was how they measured their production or performance, and that had a direct um, impact on how much they were paid. So we're talking about a, a century-old practice here. Um, and great question. So performance management versus uh, performance appraisal. So a performance appraisal is, is an event, right? It's when you sit down with your manager and probably go through a document. Maybe there's a rating scale. You are looking at uh, performance from a retrospe retrospective um, standpoint. Right. And mm -hmm. often the purpose is to look for um, deficiencies or strengths and maybe talk about corrective behavior. So performance appraisal is an event. Performance management is an overall process that hopefully uh, managers and companies are fulfilling with their employees on an ongoing basis. So performance management looks like ongoing communication, ongoing feedback, maybe it has some goal setting involved. And it's a, a fluid, live interaction between management and employees on, um, on performance, performance improvement, things like that. Okay, excellent. Yeah, thank you for highlighting the difference be between the two. So from our audience perspective, they're like, okay, Love the history lesson, love the, the identifying of what those two items are. Uh, some may be still hesitant to, to go down this road of having both of those in place. So what's been your experience as far as like the pros and cons of having a performance management program? 
The reality is that the majority of the companies I've worked with over the years, which is a lot, they unfortunately look at performance reviews or the appraisal event itself like a necessary evil, like a check the box mm -hmm. item, something that they just have to do. Um, the companies that are really coming into the, the 21st century and wanting to be more modern, more innovative, more cutting edge, they are looking more at performance management as, like I mentioned earlier, that ongoing process. So in my experience, stati statistically, mm -hmm. 70 to 90% of companies do conduct annual performance reviews. Um, so that's the majority, right? But the performance management process is far less. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, you know, to, to hear it because that's, that's been my experience overall. It's like, um, it's especially in the apartment industry in the property management industry, I I've been involved in mystery shops as an example and mystery shops were a classic item where an employee be like, Oh no, you know, it's like I'm being shopped and there's this fear because this was going to be a tool that would associate their performance. And there was a score and there was just yeah. this unfortunate fear that, that came with it as opposed to, I think more to your point, well, that should be something that's just, a part of the culture, the ongoing employee cycle of learning, developing, improving, and being able to find where there's deficiencies and say, okay, this is what we're going to do to help you improve and help you uh, have a different perspective on a particular challenge that that you're, you're having. Does that sound more along the line of like, I guess the dream is to have that for, for a company to have that as a daily uh, part of the vitality of the employee and their performance? A hundred percent. Okay. Um, someone, I can't take credit for this, but at some point in my career, someone said an employee should never be surprised when they sit down for their performance review. So if a performance review is a singular event, that where there is no conversation about your performance in between, right? It, theoretically, you could sit down and be surprised. That should never happen. You should never sit down and find out that your manager feels like your performance is substandard. That should be, you know, something you've been discussing weekly, monthly, quarterly during the course of the year. Right. Um, but yes, I think that, well, in some organizations and with really good, well-trained managers that understand the benefit of ongoing communication, they're naturally doing performance management, maybe not even calling it that. They're giving their employees constant feedback. You know, they're taking the time to sit down if they're if an employee does need additional training or development and working toward those goals with them. Um, again, they might not they may not even know they're doing it. Um, those are great managers. And, um, but the, the idea of implementing a performance management system is it's a big undertaking, which is why a lot of companies, like I said, it may be that some managers are doing it just organically, but you really have to have that executive buy-in 
and then all of your frontline managers really need to be aware and and trained in how to um, how to do the, the communication and the feedback necessary to really impact an employee's performance. I like how you tied that together. That's excellent. I think I know our audience just is like, okay, there we go. There's the dots that are being connected right now. You know, there's the culture of performance management, which is like an, an individual and in leadership, and then there's the 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 organizational component too and they have to be able to 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 work in harmony so love it that's that is fantastic so and when you and i were talking before we started hitting the hit the record button it we're just sharing some some of the attitudes that are out there and unfortunately as i was mentioning like with the, the mystery shops as an example like there's some pretty junky attitudes when it about performance management that they're you know uh, this is this is from the 1800s, you know, as you mentioned, it's like, this is, this right. is how long it's been. Why are we even, why are we even doing them? So with your experience and working with so many organizations, how, how do you address someone who's just like, as has that wall up, that barrier up? Ideally, you're in a situation where the performance review process is well thought through and well executed. Uh, those negative attitudes, the, the negative thoughts about performance reviews, I mean, rightfully so, right? There are some organizations who throw that annual review out and there is nothing in between. Um, oftentimes it has a format with a rating scale, one to five, right? Very little um, ability for maybe dialogue or or commentary, you know, different strengths listed and then you just get a score that doesn't feel very personal um, and and for a lot of employees well let me add to that there's a lot of conversation in performance management about the significance of the rater when it comes to the the scoring and the statistic escapes me right now, but it's more than 50% um, in certain studies show that the the ratings are more dependent on the rater than the ratee. So what, what constitutes needs improvement to me might look different to you. Right. You know, what's excellent to me might look different to you. So, and then add to that, and this is part of the trainings I've done for performance management processes as well, is the biases that can exist, the, the unconscious and conscious biases with, with managers. Well, you know, my manager scored me less than my colleague because they're friends and they party together on the weekends, mm -hmm. right? Yep. <laughs> so there, unfortunately, there are, um, in a lot of cases, negative feelings about performance reviews I think that, again, we talk about company culture, that is something that is easily remedied if the performance management process is, is um, delivered and executed well with well intentions and, um, and, and made a little more personal. Are your supervisors in compliance? When supervisors make mistakes, everyone is at risk. Compliance training lowers that risk. JuvoHub is happy to announce its new online course, Sexual Harassment Prevention and Training for Supervisors. Learn more about this course at juvahub.com, your helping hand in property management education. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I think you really uh, highlighted that it's it's up to us 
as leaders to change. Like if it's stale and outdated, then what have you done? When's the last time you've actually looked at it? Are you in line with current thinking, current trends, current employee needs? Uh, and I know it's a uh, it's another whole subject. Maybe you're maybe you're going to touch on it later in the podcast. But I think of uh, that bias that you were mentioning, and I've you know I've talked to organizations who are employing like 360 type peer reviews versus mm-hmm. just the 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 traditional manager review and so on. But but one of my favorite points that you mentioned is going beyond just the score. It's like okay, here's the score, and like what's the what's the follow-up? Like, what are you doing to follow up with it as opposed to them getting an email with, with a score? Like where, if an employee gets like, okay, if they did score low on something, are they going to be trained? Are they going to be mentored? Are they going to be coached? Like what's the follow-up? And that to me makes an employee feel much more uh, satisfied knowing that they're going to get that backup. Um, so excellent. Very, I love it. Absolutely. Yes. Companies who invest, as we know, invest in their employees, not just financially, but in, in time with their time. And yes, taking the time to say, okay, here are the areas that need improvement. Let's talk together about what can we do? What can I do as your employer, your manager? What can you do to to improve those things, um, rather than just slapping a score on you and uh, saying "see you next year" when we rate you again? <laughs> perfect, perfect. Okay, so I think this is in a really appropriate time. Then, like you've you've kind of given us a nice timeline, pros, cons, attitudes that need to be addressed. Dust off what you have, make some adjustments, freshen it up. So what are those trends? Like, what are you seeing forward thinking companies doing? What are you recommending to, in order to bring life back to a performance management program? Yeah, great question. So the, some of the trends I've seen, so I know we've talked a lot about a manager reviewing their, their employee, right? Their direct report. Obviously there are other there are peer-to-peer reviews. There are up, upward reviews where an employee rates their their leader. Um, self-reviews where someone has the ability to rate themselves. For someone with, I'll say my personality, for example, where I am far more critical of myself than anyone could ever be of me, a, a self-review is very beneficial. Um, I let my boss know that. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, there are all of the different directions, the 360s. Uh, and, and there's, I think there's a lot to be said for, it has to fit the organization, right? If the organization has a lot of teams that collaborate together, work directly together on projects, then those peer reviews make a lot of sense. In other organizations, they might not make as much sense. But other trends that I've seen that I really like are goal setting. And because when you when you conduct a performance review, what what is your baseline? In most cases, it's the job description, right? You are mm-hmm. saying, okay, based on the job you were hired for, your job description shows these duties and responsibilities. Now we're going to rate you on how well you do those things. The setting for, for an individual to have the ability to say, all right, I have these goals for the next quarter, the next six months, the next year. 
Um, and, and the goals might be related to a specific project. It might be related to profitability. Something that's really advanced, but is fantastic is if they can take the time to align the individual's goals to the company goals or even individual to team to company. Those, those aligned goals are, can have a huge impact on the bottom line for a company. Um, and then I love developmental goals, love, love developmental goals. So it, I, and I do this with my own reports, you know, is there a certification they want to get? Is there a software program they want to get more proficient in? And, and then they set those developmental goals. And then we sit down X time later, three months later, what's your progress? Are there any, you know, have you had any barriers to being able to accomplish that? What can I do to help? And that's that constant communication and feedback. So goal setting and addressing those items on a frequent basis, ideally quarterly, um, is probably my personal favorite trend. And it doesn't have to take that much time. I and mean, we're talking about three, four, maybe five goals. I, ah. Standing ovation to that. That is fantastic. <laughs> I, I I love it. I absolutely love it. And and I've I've read about it. Um, I've I've heard a couple of other people talking about it. I'm so grateful that you are bringing this to the table for for our audience because, uh, just looking at statistics, uh, Swift Bunny is one that I read a lot of their statistics about employee engagement. And one of the items that they highlight is they don't see a path forward in their career with an organization well right. what you're demonstrating right now well there's the path it's like okay now someone can see because their organization is providing a timeline a some goals something to look forward to and there is now a path towards that so i think that's fantastic and and brilliant and I really, really, I know our audience is like, okay, what can we do? There's something that we can do today because it doesn't sound like to me, like it has to be overly complicated. Like would you, if someone is just starting out, is there something mm -hmm. simple that you would recommend them to start with? hundred percent. So the first, the first item would be making the decision, right? Making the decision that this is going to be an organizational priority. And once that decision is made, if you know, realistically, if, if you make it too complicated, it's not going to get done. Mm -hmm. And so earlier in the conversation, when I said the majority of the companies I've worked with maybe have an annual review that is a check, check the box item, it's because taking the time to develop anything more complicated just seems too daunting. So make the decision, decide that you want to keep it simple, but but you want it to be more frequent. And you, you don't want it to look or feel like a check the box item for, for your employees. And you want your employees to know that you want to be engaged with them on their performance. And at the end of the day, it's what's best for the company. It's what's best for profitability. Um, it, it highly uh, impacts retention with employees. If employees feel like you care and are invested in them, they're less likely to leave. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This is this is what I knew the show would be all about. Man, you brought it. This is fantastic. And for our Thank audience, you. you know, like we we appreciate the the fresh perspective. And for everyone listening to this show, dust it off. Take a look at what you're doing. Right. Talk about it as a team. See where you can make those adjustments because 
for those who want to excel in their career, they are going to opt in to everything that that you said today, Rebecca. So thank you so much 100%. for being on the on the show today. Uh, great conversation. Tell us a little bit about what you do at Higginbotham. And I know Higginbotham is very much involved in services like we've talked about on the show today. Yeah, thank you. So I have been with Higginbotham for a little over five years. Uh, for the first almost five, I uh, was one of the HR business partners, HR consultants, which essentially means um, a company you know, hired us as, as a third-party HR service mm -hmm. for them. And um, I've worked with every uh, industry you can imagine, obviously different size um, employee counts, multi-state, only in one state, um, all of the above. And the the HR services that Higginbotham has to offer it, you know, for some organizations, they're they're small and maybe they it doesn't make sense to hire a full-time HR manager. For other clients we have, they're large, they have a full HR team, they want an extra layer of expertise, uh, people to collaborate with, maybe a, a vendor to to give projects to. So um, my, my role now, however, sorry, skip this, um, I'm currently the um, HR um, consulting director. So uh, the HR consultants we have all report to me. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love what I do. Um, I love working and working on developing um, the consultants that that I have on my team. And the added benefit of working with so many is that I don't just have my own clients now. I have everyone's clients. So I get to talk to to everyone about, um, you know, situations that arise where maybe they want a second uh, second opinion. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can tell just by this show and and your overall demeanor, it must be very, very fulfilling what you do. I I can't even, I try to just put myself in your shoes for a moment, but what an awesome, uh, what an awesome opportunity that you have. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Share a, a, just a smidge of your expertise with our audience, help them understand the, the benefits that come from performance management. We look forward to having you on the show again in the near future. I'm looking forward to it as well. And thank you for having me. I am very passionate about what I do. I'm glad that that comes through. <laughs> um, but yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We're going to see you again soon. So thank you everyone for tuning into our show. I'm Jonathan Saar, your host of the Jubo Hub podcast. Thank you for listening to our show. Until next time, class dismissed. Take care, everyone. Bye.